Hello, everybody. My name is Janine Davis, and this is the first episode of the Injustice podcast. Um, I am a non-attorney, and I am the general manager of a law practice, and I'd like to introduce you my co-host. Hi, everybody. I'm Jay Farrow. I am a licensed attorney in the state of Florida and the state of New York, and uh, you know, Janine and I have been working together for almost four years now, and we decided that um, uh, we like to make a podcast about you know current issues in the law, how to innovate the, the legal system, and this this podcast hopefully is useful to any aspiring lawyers, any potential uh, people out there that have a um, legal issue. Sure, or have legal questions or curious about how the law works, because ultimately it's a big mystery, I think, to many people who are out in the public sort of questioning how certain things apply to them, how the laws go, why things make no sense, what the terms might mean. There are a lot of different aspects of the law that um, can get lost in translation. It can be really interesting once you start getting some clarification on it. And um, yeah, we felt that that there's a space for uh, a conversation between a, a lawyer and a non-lawyer. Um, I said to Janine before the show that, um, you know, how are we going to introduce this? And, and I said that, you know, I'm the lawyer and she's the one that's going to heaven. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we thought that it'd be it would be kind of cool to have a discussion about uh, things that come up in the law that seem absolutely ridiculous to to uh, a non-lawyer uh, or anybody that's observing the legal system, and to, to try to flush out, you know, some of the questions that a, that that someone who's a client of mine might have, uh, because we we had thought that mm-hmm. when a client is sitting in a lawyer's chair, they might feel intimidated to ask what they might consider to be some silly questions or some or some Absolutely. So in in my experience as a non-attorney, I can absolutely say that in client meetings there will be times where I will see our clients they will nod as if they understand, but I see their gla- their eyes glaze over and it's really because there is sort of um uh, they don't want to seem like they don't know or they'll be or they'll make a mental note like I'll google that term later or that kind of thing and they just don't want to stop the attorney from speaking um, when he's in his flow or explaining something and um, I think it's really important though to sort of bridge the gap between the languages right so it's common language and expressing legalese and all of that because it 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 affects all of us. The law affects all of us every single day. And we want to also explore the frustrations in the law. I mean, people's yes. frustration with the legal system. And given our experience on a, on, a, on a day-to-day basis as a small law firm in heavy litigation practice, um, it might seem absolutely absurd uh, what lawyers do, mm-hmm. uh, what judges do, and you know, some type of a way of, of, a, of a forum to discuss these types of frustrations and people being pissed because you know frankly i mean i i do it every single day i sit in my in my office i look at my emails that are coming in from opposing counsel from different uh uh, court filings and it's uh it it really is a zoo out there and uh we want to give a voice uh to the conversation of transforming the practice of law to to be focused on on people and the clients 
Right. And really sort of dispelling um, all of the idiosyncrasies and inconsistent things that make no sense too. <laughs> we and were some on the phone are, actually and, with a client yesterday and, and they were like, well, this is the logical thing. And, and, you know, I had to say to him, but sometimes in the law, it's not about that. It's not about the logic. It's not about what you perceive as logical. Um, there's procedure. There are all kinds of different things that are going on. And so I think it's important to, um, again, bridge that gap and support people in the education of that. And Jay and I keep it really real. So um, you're going to hear some questions that I have as someone who is in the industry, albeit not an attorney, um, where I'm just really shaking my head and, and, and scratching my head at times where some things truly don't make sense. But we're going to bring all of those conversations to the forefront. And uh, yeah, we have some real for you to provocative topics, well. some real provocative yeah, topics. We're not throw it down like, and call like it out. how ridiculous is the is the billable hour i mean that's one of the things that be, i think the one of the biggest scams of, of of the racket of the legal industry is is the billable hour and it's not just because it's the billable hour it's because of how the hour is built well and i think that psychologically ultimately you know the mechanics of how it's built is just crazy but you were on a phone call today actually yep. where i'm curious to see as to how that's going to translate in our bill later right. on and you know when when <laughs> and it's no fault of the person on the other line. It, it's the training. It's what they come from. It's what they know. It's mm. what they understand. And I'm always really curious. Now I'm very you know, reticent with anybody who charges by the hour because <laughs> it's a frightening prospect because that can get really out of control really fast. And there's another side to that as well. And we'll get into that too because what the public doesn't know as everything that goes into pushing a case along would blow your mind. The amount of work that is involved is mind-boggling. And and sometimes I think this is where the public fails to appreciate the enormous amount of work, stress, and responsibility in the hands of attorneys. So, so I, I'm I'm looking, you know, at some of the topics that we were talking about. Mm -hmm to do our first podcast on and we were like well let's just do it on something that came up yesterday yesterday yeah. morning and it re and it relates to settlement agreements uh you know everybody hears about settlements some most people will hear about the personal injury type settlements right and you know sometimes the idea of settlement uh is completely misunderstood uh correct so what i thought was that I had a motion yesterday, uh, mm -hmm. a hearing yesterday on a to motion enforce a to enforce a settlement. And uh, while the issues weren't exactly, you know, um, about one of our settlements, the the thought was, hey, you know, why, why don't more people settle? Why do more people not take the avenue to right. attempt a, a mediation before a lawsuit's filed or after a lawsuit's filed? Well, and it's it's so interesting. We have this conversation so much, and, and we've come to the conclusion that really a lot of it has to do with ego, bravado, and public perception. So what happens is is that, um, and, and Jay and I were discussing this, people think that a settlement means that you buckled, that you admit liability, that you were wrong, or that you don't uh, you're not principled in, in, in your side of it, and that you are just... Um, sort of giving in, right? And we'd like to um, talk about the fact that 
sometimes settlement is actually the best business decision you could possibly make. It is the most thoughtful thing that you can do for yourself and um, your company or I'm gonna the be people real who were in uh, business with about you. About this. There, there are many benefits to settlement. In the litigation that we handle, which is a lot of uh, lawsuits for fraudulent misrepresentation, civil racketeering, civil conspiracy, uh, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, the people that are getting sued, it's no accident they're being sued because something happened, they did something wrong. I mean, 99 times out of 100, Correct. you know, they know what they've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they've been doing it for so long. They have been defrauding for so long and, right. and stealing commissions and and all kinds of other rackets by not complying with uh, with regulations, safety regulations, or um, or hiring you know illegal workers. Mm-hmm. They know what they've done, and 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 because of that, they have the unique opportunity to resolve the case before it goes into litigation. Because litigation is public, okay? It's now it's not just public; it's really public. Because after 2012, in Florida at least, you're allowed to electronically file any lawsuit and anything having to do with the lawsuit. So. Anybody could go to a clerk's office and look up a docket and they can pull up anything that's ever been said in the particular case. Correct. And so when that happens, like in this case that we, were, that, that we came up with the, the other day, I mean, we didn't come up with it. We have it. Uh, one of the right. issues that came up was that um, uh, the company that's being sued is required by some of their vendors to disclose yes. if they're in litigation. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so if you know that you've, you know, if, you, if you've done something, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very easy for you to resolve. But the thing is that, you know, that, that I think part of it is that their lawyers aren't explaining to them like the benefits of settlement, the fact Correct. that you're not conceding anything. Well, and this goes back, it ties in whether we liked to think about it or not, it ties into the billable hour. Because when your dispute pays for our kids to go to school or to put food on the table and it's a ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching by the hour, it changes the game. It And nobody does it necessarily on purpose. In fact, it's so insidious and so ubiquitous and so normal in the industry that I don't think people even realize it's happening. Maybe not. But it's happening. Maybe and not. I, we see it. But I see we some see some intentional abuse yes. of some of my defendants by their lawyers. Mm-hmm. I actually, I think about, there's called, something called a dram shop law, and that's a fancy way to say that a bartender can be held liable mm-hmm. if they're serving a known drunk, if that drunk gets into a DUI or some kind of an altercation. Yeah. It's called a dram shop law. It's like these yeah. these lawyers uh, are feeding these de- these ego-driven defendants already, you know, the fact that they're gonna win, that right. they should never take it like this, and, and how dare a smaller employee challenge the boss, and they're gonna show them what's what, Right. And so you have hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I want to say in a couple months time, maybe four or $500,000 in a particular case that I'm thinking about has been spent by the other side who clearly did something wrong. But at, the, but at right. the end of the day, they cannot bring themselves around because they're a tough guy, because they're, but their lawyers sitting in the chair that they are can say, right. look, dude, you gotta, you gotta handle this, right? And you've got to mini- mitigate. You've got to mitigate your losses, your damages, and and every. Listen, lawyers are also um, fiduciaries. That means that they have a responsibility for the well-being of their client. And sometimes this gets lost in the law. But this is why, also, we want to bring it back to the point that 
sometimes the power of a settlement is really overlooked. And Jay and I really want to impart on the fact that you're not always going to get what you want in the law, even ne- if you take never, it to trial. You will never get what you want in the law. Exactly. I mean, uh, there are concessions that are going to be made. So, Jay, you will always talk be unhappy. To us a little bit about what someone can, what provisions in your mind I don't, are in the best interest for people to settle. The, the best like provisions, the reasons why. The I mean, reasons I, number why one is because you're never going to be happy going to trial because the judge or jury is not going to give you exactly what you want. Um, and that's the that's the key to litigation is that you're you 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 got yourself into a situation where you've either been stolen from or you're the person that stole. Okay, if you're the person that got stuff stolen from you, unfortunately, don't expect to get paid retail back. It just rarely works that way. Um, you know, and and proving your case in court is a whole lot different than you being right about your facts. Right. And so a settlement provides an opportunity for both parties to intentionally design a result to a lawsuit as opposed to putting in the hands of a judge or a jury, which once you give your power away, you can't get it back and whatever they decide is final. So the settlement provides an opportunity to create the result. Uh, Maybe it's not what you hope for, but it's something that you can live with. And that's the other thing that, that litigation uh, takes its toll, an emotional toll on the human being. I mean, in my, uh, I've been, I'll be practicing 18 years this coming March, and in my time sitting in that lawyer's chair, I just representing the clients that I have. No matter what the litigation is, the emotional toll that it takes and the collateral damage that it does to your time, to your money, to your to your mental uh, ability to function, it's catastrophic. So the sooner that you can get in and out and on with life in a lawsuit, that that ultimately you're going to fight like you know cats and dogs and not get what you want anyway is just insanity. So the the settlement provides for a couple of things: one, finality; uh, two, it, it 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 gives you the the opportunity to say once you sign those papers, you go your way; the other person goes their way. Because right. a lot of these disputes are like a divorce. I mean, it, and because there there's an emotional attachment. Someone worked for a company for twelve years in one of our cases, actually eighteen years in one of our cases. And it's like a it's like a divorce. So it gives finality, gives you the opportunity to design what you want to do, and um, and the person that was doing the stealing or doing the wrong doesn't have to concede that they did anything wrong. Correct. So there is a an element of of privacy. You don't have to admit any wrongdoing. And this is also one of the things that we wanted to talk about. We want to dispel the fact that settlement implies any wrongdoing or, again, or, that you or implies that you quit right. or implies that you you didn't take it down to task or that it wasn't in the best interest of yourself and your company, if that's your position either. So um, we want to talk about it because the power of a settlement is so huge and, and misunderstood. whitewashed. I think misunderstood. Yeah, by the client well, as to what it public. might mean. And and, yeah. and and even by the public. There are ways to design a settlement to say, no one can say anything about it. Matter of fact, most settlements have a non-disparagement confidentiality agreement uh, where nothing, none of the terms can be disclosed. The amount of money can't be disclosed. Um, if there's- uh, Even if there was necessarily money exchanged, they cannot it, disclose. They cannot, dis- they can't, they right. can't disclose. Right. Each settlement is designed by the parties and they, and they have- um, the effect of, you know, I said before finality, but also remedies within them as well. Remedies within them. So one side's going to get something, or the other side's going to get something, and everybody's going to be required to do something. The other thing that the settlements provide for is that once you get wrapped up and done, 
that's not the end of the story because I know that there's settlements that happen and then the person doesn't pay, okay? Yeah. That gives the court jurisdiction, if you design it this way, to come back and enforce the settlement. And in some cases, if you have some type of a consent arrangement, if someone doesn't pay, you can go directly to court with like an affidavit and just get your judgment. So it, it, it gives the parties the opportunity to also save the money on the ridiculous litigation. And it's, it's, it's out of hand, folks. I mean, it's out of hand when you get into the exchange of information, what's called discovery process. Yeah. And That's every really single see. time you see yeah. an objection yeah. uh, to what should be turned over. And, it's, and, and I'm not saying that I'm innocent of that either because it's so easy to object and then handle it. It's just that functionally, the system um, works one way and then you pour gasoline on the fire through the billable hour and, and lawyers making money like the cases, their annuity to put their kids into college. And then you have a recipe for disaster of delays of cases that are taking three to five years. And I'll say this about COVID. It's like there's been no jury trials and there's right. all backed up. So anybody that's going to file a lawsuit right now is going to have to stand in line with the lawsuits that were filed some years ago. So you got to think outside the box and, and think that settlement even though it's not like what everything that you wanted. It doesn't have the glory, I think, that, or, or maybe it doesn't have that sexy, like what everybody sees growing up on Matlock or some show, you know, some criminal show where you see the jury and the this and the triumphant uh, defendant or, or plaintiff. And I think that we all buy into that sort of drama that we've been sold with um, Hollywood or um, in the movies. And I that colors the way we perceive settlement because it's not as sexy no. necessarily right it doesn't necessarily give or provide that um dramatic end but it does give you finality to something now i've heard and some it gives some you, lawyers it can give you peace some lawyers say you know how am i going to settle with the other side if i haven't put enough pressure on them you know, yet through the, the discovery process. I, I They call it blood. Every, I've heard this many times in the last couple of days. So I'm just going to say it, that unless there's enough bloodletting on either side, there's so, not going to so be a time for a settlement. What does that mean? For in example? other words, after each side that started the lawsuit has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in the case to so paying attorneys. That's another way, there hasn't been enough pain. There inflicted. hasn't been enough pain inflicted. Okay. So here's the deal with that. You got to think outside of the box with putting pressure on before you even send out a, let's say, a pre-suit demand or file the initial lawsuit. You have to have information. I mean, there's ways, lawyers, I'm talking to you, there are ways of putting pressure on the other side by basically getting as much information up front. I mean, with social media right now and with, with computers, I mean, there's hardly anything's a secret. So it's easy to find different things through different investigative tactics. Uh, and by doing that, you're basically checkmating the other side. I mean, you're basically saying, hey, bad guy, this is it. This is what you've done. And let's get this case resolved. And this is where I think good lawyering on the other side and more creative uh, fee structures on a defense side could help. Because the way I say is that I don't sell time. I, I, I sell value as far as my legal services are concerned. Right. Yeah. The, the, what is provided is value. So if I can be in the, in the defensive posture representing a defendant saying, look, this is your, this is your exposure this is how much money I'm going to save you by not, instead of paying me, you end up, you know, resolving it with them. If you have the exposure, of course, and then you get in and on with life. 
But see, that's the thing is most lawyers aren't geared that way. They're, they're, we're not we're not socialized as lawyers to understand anything else but file the lawsuit, send out the discovery, send out the deposition notice, send this out, you know, and go argue over the color of blue in court just because you can. And just because you can cost other people money. Right. So when this topic came up. And again, not let's let's point out it's not just money. It is well-being. It is sleepless nights. It is fights with spouses or, or you know, business partners. It's it's a lot of things that you get to consider. And listen, we're not discouraging anybody ever for standing up to uh, the bully in their life or standing up and doing what's right or filing a lawsuit and defending themselves. Certainly, never. Um, what we are encouraging people to do is that you don't have to design your litigation tried and true. Ask better questions of your lawyers. Correct. Ask better questions of, is there another avenue to resolve this? You know, right. And is there an effective way for me to, to, to limit my exposure and get out of this? Ask better questions. Ask tougher questions of us lawyers because you know right. what, what we have learned um, to, to go from law firm to the law firms that I've worked for. I mean, it, it's not even a, you know, you get there, you're required to bill and you're required to bill everything. And so uh, when this topic came up, I was like thinking, hey, you know, settlement it was like, what's the deal? Why? Because I was asking myself, like, why don't people settle? I mean, how, how can someone see this and not settle? And it's bad lawyering. And it's also just and that, it's ego. And, and it's it's this the feeding of the ego. Yeah. It's, it's gotten so bad out there that you know money and power can buy you the justice that you want. I have a friend last night that said this, and it was a it was just it hit home. It's you're innocent until proven broke. Right. So stay tuned because we've got some really amazing topics and um, that also are a little bit uh, polemic, really, because obviously Jay's an attorney, and but we want a question too. The justice or injustice of the justice you can afford. So you know, just, we can do that on our next segment. Yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. So we, welcome to injustice. Yeah, this is and what we're. Thank about. you for joining us. <laughs> and we appreciate we appreciate you. And, and if you want to follow us on on, on Facebook, um, we will have a link somewhere posted at the bottom of the screen right about now. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, and uh, stay tuned for much more. And we'd love to interact with you so if you have any questions or if you um have any topics that you'd like to hear more about let us know we'd love to talk about it with you subscribe now yeah hit the link below hit the link below